What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. I have an awesome guest on today. I have David Breyer. David is a best-selling author. And at the same time, he helped know before, which is in the cybersecurity space, go from zero to unicorn level, billion dollars. And I think it was like seven or eight years only. So he did it all through branding and some really, really cool things that you could leverage. He drops a lot of great information in it. It's a different episode than, than what I've done um, with other founders and CEOs, but I think you're going to love it because anybody can apply it immediately. And he hits on some really, really critical things that'll help you increase NRR, grow like gangbusters. And so I had to share it with you. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have David Breyer. David is the CEO of DBD International, and David's got a really interesting background. He's generated an excess of $7 billion for clients, wrote brand intervention, which is highly noted on Amazon, has worked with unicorns to develop their brand, and has even helped companies 10x their business in a 12-month period just from branding alone. David, welcome, man. Happy to have you on the show. Absolutely, Ryan. So thanks so much for having me here. And, and uh, I'm ready to just drop drop bombs and just blowtorch myths into oblivion. <laughs> I love that, man. All right, well, let's get rolling. So everybody has a little bit of context. Obviously, um, I don't think you need another intro after I gave you the one that I did. You've been doing some amazing things. However, you know, why don't you give it add a little detail and color commentary based on, you know, your definition of, of kind of what you do and who you serve and how you serve them. Totally. Well, I mean, in terms of, in terms of context, I've been doing this for 42 years. So literally when I started doing this, there were just to give total context, there were no computers in offices yet. <laughs> so there was no internet. There was no email. There was no texting. There was no social media. And yes, there were dinosaurs roaming, roaming outside, you know, throughout throughout the horizon, um, you know. But the interesting advantage of having done it for that long period of time was seeing what are the things that have worked, and almost like the the the, the timeless things that have worked versus the because there's always like oh what's working now right oh here's like what here's the new trends of this and the new things to follow yeah. and instead of those little short things what are the things that work you know what why is it that we all look at wow look at Warren Buffett you know same old same house same car you know unrivaled you know invested investor uh you know just and so i love the things that work i also love being responsible and, in terms of and responsive to shifts that we see they don't change the fundamentals but now you if you pay attention you can really adapt and pivot and slay and crush uh, you know crush anything in terms of sales brand narrative and such like that because that's that's what i basically help clients who are ceos that's what i help them do is like how do I, how are they going to stand out and not add to the noise out there but actually rise above the noise out there. That's really what I do because there are so many touch points with any brand and too many brands are going tactical 
They're going, oh, well, what's the new funnel we should do? What's the new script we should? They look at these little micro things, but they don't look. It's like, wait a second. Why are you having to consistently repair? What's the real problem that is making you less effective, making you have less traction, resulting in you having a contracting market share? What are those things that are contributing to that? And if we handle the bigger overarching thing, the specific day-to-day things become so much easier to handle. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I could see where people have missed the mark. It's there's a proliferation of information out there. So I could see people getting mired in the tactical jungle of uh what's what's possible. So in light that you got you know, 40 plus years under your belt with this, what would you say are the key first principles of branding that have stood the test of time that you just mentioned? Well, one is is having the being thick skinned enough to have what I call imp- passionate impartiality. You've got to be able to look objectively and say, you know what? Yeah, I've we've put our blood, sweat and tears into this. Yeah, we've invested X, you know, X number of dollars into it, X number of months or years into it. And now it's finally ready to be shown to the world. Someone has to be able to say it's not as good as it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, while you've been doing all this beta, the world has moved on. (laughs) This was new when you started. It's now no longer new. You're now second or third or fourth place. And you coming out, it's going to be a big so what? It's going to be a nothing burger. So it's kind of like you need someone with that clarity to look and say, okay, but here's now. If we do this and this and this, bang, game changers. Now we can come in and crush it. So are you talking about like creating a category? Uh, is that like you get in the whole blue ocean, red ocean thing? And are you are you talking about like, how do you create a category with language, language architecture, maybe or, or whatever definition would explain it? Um, is that where you're going with this? Quite. I mean, that's part of it. But it's also very much from the standpoint of like, for, like, I'll give you a very specific thing. Like there's one thing that I go into, I, you know, with regard to um you know, we, we, we're, talk, we're talking about this a little bit earlier, the, the, the book, Brand Invention. There's one thing that I go into that, which whenever I go over that, companies go, oh, my God. There are three phases to branding, as an example, right? There's every, every, every company does the first two. Very few companies do the third. Every company does pre-sales branding. That's pre-sales. That's before. It's like promotion, advertising, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, good. Then there's during the sale or, dur- or during the sale or during the delivery branding. It's like, what's mm-hmm. the experience that the customer is having during that? And that, could, and that could be great. That could be average, same as everybody else. It could be substandard. And that could be in any of those. But very few companies do post-sales branding. In other words, once the transaction says, hey, brand, they signed the contract. That's great. Okay. And there's no, wait, what's the post-sale? And I remember... When I realized this, my wife and I were in a, a very nice upscale um, mall, and she went. We walked by a coach store where they sell little beautiful coach bags, leather bags, all that. We walked in. I I did my job. I I I played the oblivious husband. You know, I was kind of like, oh, kind of like you know, absent-minded, da 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 da. But I'm noticing the bag that she keeps on going back to, right? Mm-hmm. And, but we ended up, you know, not purchasing anything that, that moment. So we continued on going, I 
come up with some excuse. I circle back, I grab the bag, I get it actually, I purchase the bag, I go and I put it in our trunk. She doesn't know that I've done this. We get it home and I say, hey honey, and I show it and she's like, oh, that's awesome. Well, here's what happened. Here's where I realized it. Well, she sees the bag, okay, the expected, the usual. Okay, she has a nice coach bag with the gold foil on the outside. Okay, good, and then there's the tissue paper, also nice, but also expected. She opens the bag, the actual leather bag. Inside is this a terrific little four by six uh, booklet. It's like sort of like a little mini brochure, about 20 pages. And I watched as she read through it, because this is now, this is after the sale. They don't need right, to do right. anything. And Apple's brilliant at this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Any of us that buys an Apple, pro Apple product, you take that that product, the box, just on, you know, it fits perfectly, right? It slides off. There's no, it's not jiggly. It's not crappy material. It's just perfect. And every, and there's the little tab that you pull off and you see the stuff below, you know, that that's a perfect post sales experience. Well, with coach, my wife reads this little booklet. I read the little booklet. After we're done, that leather bag was transformed into we just inherited a legacy of craftsmanship, of leather craftsmanship. So it transformed. So that was a, an example. So that's one little point. Post-sales branding, the third phase of branding is one that very few companies ever do, but it changes. So yes, it can redefine a bit of the category, but it also is highly aware of the customer expectation level and way exceeding that expectation level. Because meeting expectations in for any company is a death sentence, right? No one's gonna reward you or me. If we have a place, we have a, if we have a brick and mortar, and we say we open at nine and we close at five, if we open at nine and close at five, no one's gonna say, that's amazing, I'm gonna stay loyal to you forever. <laughs> you know, but it's like, how do we raise that expectation level? Meeting it, death, going way above it, that's where we can shine. Okay. I love that. So how, how, how would, how would an organization do that instead of a, a physical goods company like, or e-com company, how would you recommend or give guidance for a SaaS company to do that? Well, one is, is let's take the things that are usually that, because that, every, because everybody automates everything, right? <laughs> Everything's automated, right? So in other words, you get your auto, you get your, you know, email response, your email confirmations, your this, your that, you get the texts, you get the blah, you get the da 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 da, da and it's all automated. What percentage of that can we actually humanize? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, because even, let's take it as a, a simple example. Like there, I get, as you can imagine, I get tons of people who reach out to me on LinkedIn, like, wow, David, really loving your stuff, really following, would love to like to be part of it. And for those that I, I, I accept, Instead of just saying accept, I will then jump onto my smartphone. And actually, I never do it on, on I never do it on my desktop. I always do it on my smartphone because if I do accept anybody, I will leave them an audio message. I'll say, I'll like, let's say you reach out. I say, you know, Ryan, thanks so much for reaching out. Thrilled to have you in my LinkedIn network and just wanted to give you a personal thank you. Thank you so much and have an amazing week. Now, what did that take me? That took me what? Nine seconds. People are blown away that I took those that time. They hear my voice. They hear I personalize just that little gesture. And if you and if you, and if we take enough of those and just start to humanize them, 
And instead of doing the let's automate it, let's 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 increase the efficiency, but yet forfeit the humanity. That's one way of really changing the paradigm a lot. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and that's simple to do. I've done that before with the voice message on LinkedIn, but it's so underutilized, so underutilized. So, um, and people, a lot of folks aren't as comfortable with the video aspect of it, but that's another avenue to kind of do the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great touch, man, and in a really great way. And I mean, even if a company just did that, you know, like the CEO of a company did that for every new customer, as long as it, you know, depending on the number of customers they have, but they get 10 customers a month that could literally take 10 minutes and totally change the experience. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, like you're, you literally become known for like the CEO that actually picked up the phone and left. I mean that a lot, it's crazy. Just those little points, all of a sudden people go, Oh my God, they really do pay attention to the details. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's oftentimes it's a lot of, brilliant little things done. Yes, it helps to have the, you know, okay, what's the context? Are we properly framed, you know, as an organization to have a dialogue that so we're not just a, a, a redundancy and a regurgitation of everyone else? Of course, that's important, yes. But on the database, immediately applicable, wow, just those little shifts. You do enough of those, all of a sudden people are going, you guys are innovators you're disrupting the entire industry that's right because we're doing enough of the right small things as opposed to just only looking at the big picture what's it for this quarter what's it you know that whole big look can sometimes be at the sacrifice of the little things that impact everyday decisions and, and the customer experience Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. I agree with you. It, it gets really easy, especially if you're VC backed or you have investors and you're you get, you're in that grow or, or die mindset. So um, I, I like what you're talking about here. There's a big shift right now, uh, especially in the SaaS marketplace towards NRR focus, right? I, it's so funny because you see all the all the letters come out from Sequoia and everybody else like, OK, you need to start acting like a responsible business, right? Focus on profitability, which is common sense. However, um, the other aspect, which is really interesting is, um, and we've seen this before, whenever there's a pullback or a recession is a heavy focus on expansion, revenue and existing customer growth. So when you talk about with what you mentioned in terms of like that voice message and something that you do, um, what do you, I mean, what would be an awesome strategy that you would deploy to dig into and grow existing customer revenue through branding? Well, the one is, is you want to have, there's obviously, there's always a buyer's journey, but that's used, that by the most, because most of the focus is on the buyer's journey to the point of converting them from a prospect to being a customer. Well, good. Well, now there's actually a customer's journey 
<laughs> it's being aware of what is the customer's journey. What's what now happens? So from the point of them being onboarded to them being supported to them being empowered to anticipating what else, you know, what's the difference between genius and just simply showing up is the factor that the genius seems to know where things are headed. They anticipate three to five to seven steps ahead of where the person is. So it's incumbent upon an organization to go, okay, what's the next thing my customer is going to need? What's the next thing that my customer is going to need? Because their world is not going to stay the same. It's mm -hmm. like their world is going to, with incorporating our service, our technology, their world is going to change. What is their new world going to be like and how can we service their new world? So it's looking at the customer's journey, not just the buyer's journey. Okay, so is that something, and I think there's there's a lot of, uh, there's a there's massive value in that. I mean, I, I do stuff like that as well when I'm helping organizations trying to understand how to systemize customer to prospect referrals, right? So have you done anything in, in that essence to fuel referrals or word of mouth for businesses? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been like the, like it, it really, it kind of depends on this, on the space, but I can tell you for a number of, of clients, I look at, okay, you've now, you've gotten the transaction, you've gotten, you've, they're now on as a client. How do you, again, it comes, I, I mentioned this earlier, I can't emphasize it enough. There's going to be the expectation of like, what's the stuff that's, that they, that they expect what's the what's the the baseline of acceptable it's almost the minimal acceptable standard it's not a, and, and unfortunately too many organizations will use that and they'll say okay that we're we're meet, we're meeting the the level of expectation that's that's nothing that's nothing brilliant it's like that's that's the bare minimum that's they treat to the organizations that falter treat that as a finish line it's not a finish line that's a starting line that is the baseline to even be in the game so now it's like okay so we're doing that now what more are we doing to add value on a day-to-day-to-day -day -day basis as well as what i call the elements of surprise mm. you know only only providing what's known is like let, let let me give you let me give you this as an analogy because this will make sense to to your listeners you know everybody knows of of whole foods and it's probably shopped in whole foods but right. there are two things that Whole Foods does. So first they have the product and every company, like every company, they have the product. Okay. You go in there and you have the fresh produce and you have the, 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 the meat, you have the, this, you have the, that, but that's the known, but then they also have the unknown. What's the unknown? The unknown are those little plastic things that are standing around every aisle where it's like sample this sample that. So they have the element of unknown and discovery. So that, so it's like, that's the element of surprise. So to, that's what I do. I, I, I love incorporating that into the brands that I develop. What's that element of surprise? So that, yes, we're blowing them away with amazing service, but now we're also giving them this. They didn't see it coming. They didn't expect it. And we're not asking for anything in return. We're doing that as that's part of the value of being a customer of ours. And they're like, damn, these guys are freaking on the money because didn't ask for it, didn't know that I even needed it. But if you now took it away from me, I'd freaking miss it. 
<laughs> well, give me a couple of examples of that. Cause I, I mean, I've seen different examples, but I'm curious, like in your mind, like what are home runs in, in terms of that essence that really do a great job? So I'll, so I'll give you, I'll give you, this is not, not in the, not in the SAS example, not in the SAS space, but it, it's, it's uh there's a, there's a, there's a client that is one of the premier uh, landscape designers in New York, in New York city. Um, and I was like, and I, and I looked, I looked at, you know, you have to understand any of his, any of his projects will go anywhere from 50,000 to half a million dollars. That's like the, the range. So, you know, high ticket item. Good. Well, the thing is, is that I found what they, what he basically was doing with that kind of high ticket item. I said, well, first of all, there's a couple things. One is we ended up designing what ended up becoming an Amazon bestseller for him called it straight dirt because he works with landscapes and they, they the book is called straight dirt. So that, that was one thing that he, that he has as a give that blew people away. So that gave him immediate, immediate credibility. And it was, and it was awesome. But in addition to that, then actually creating a wine box with the brand so that when a project was completed, they actually now get, they, they don't expect that, but now he gets that with the, so that's just like, that's part of a lifestyle brand. And that could be, that kind of gesture can be done in any space, but those, that's just like one example of what can be done. You want to, you want to give people some freaking awesome keepsake. Cause I, I had even done that. I had even done that years ago during the holidays. I was like, well, how do I, how do I give my clients something amazing? And I actually designed a killer, a, a, a wall clock that was completely custom designed. And it was just, and people got it and they just went nuts because it was so over the top. But again, it's just that element of more, more and surprise. All right. Like, so I, I know no before was in your book. Yeah. Right. And so what was the impact you had on them in terms of helping them brand from an unknown to a unicorn? What was what did you do? What was the opportunity there? And then what were the results? Well, let's see. So the I mean, Stu, Stu and I, I worked with Stu on his prior company and then and that exploded and sold it. And after five days of retirement, he was like, David, retirement's not for me. Let's go out to lunch. And I was like, okay. And so he goes, and so he explained to me what he was envisioning for this new company. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, creating, so we worked together, created the name, the slogan, the position. The thing that Stu did that was brilliant, and Stu's really, really brilliantly good at it. He's great. He used... And this is not breakthrough, but it's because of the continuity and the constancy of it. He just had this ongoing just newsletter. His whole thing was like, he would just create this amazing, amazingly useful newsletter. That's what, that was like really the foundation that started giving people, it was a place to go to so he could dominate. Of course, that had ramifications in terms of SEO and, and authority and continuity. Um, very practical. It not not a revolutionary initiative, but the continuity and the quality of it is what made it different. Um, and being the first on the scene to the point that they grew from zero startup to billion dollar unicorn in eight years. Wow. That was that was what happened in the course, literally eight years. 
And, 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 uh, you know, I mean, last, last Stu texted me, I think, you know what, I forget how many, you know, they probably, they probably have a thousand, a thousand uh, employees in like multiple, you know, offices all over the world, but that, but they're just incredibly, incredibly successful. He's an amazing CEO. Stu is a brilliantly great CEO. Um, and, uh, we, we just become very, very close friends, but that was, that was a very, very simple thing. No one prior to that, no one had done it. And again, the one thing you'll notice that I consistently, I, I look at, you always have to be aware of the macrocosm, which is what's the market space? What's the market standard of acceptability? Mm-hmm. And what, is, what are we doing? And how much beyond that realm of acceptability are we going to become remarkable and to become impossible to ignore? I love that. All right. So we're getting close on time here. Um, I'd like to put a bow on this, though. And so, like, what if you mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I think really early on how a lot of people get or CEOs get or companies, I should say, get infused or get distracted with the noise or the tactical. Um, I guess, like, what would be your core framework that you would leverage when working with someone to to really define their brand and give it just a just a kick ass experience overall um, so that it creates the results that you're talking about, like you delivered for no before. 100%. So, um, well, the first thing is it always starts with this. It's like, I mean, I'll always ask a client, I'll always say, all right, tell me why I as a prospect should care about your product or service that you're offering. And 99.8% of the responses are, they go blah 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 blah. Well, it's two problems with one is they're talking almost always about themselves and their features. Problem number one, glaring problem number one. I don't give a shit about your you yet. I don't care about you yet. I shouldn't have to care. You you need to be demonstrating to me that you really get me. So first of all, their whole framework is is incorrect. Um, and secondly, when they're done, I say now. Why do I know if I went to your comp- your competitors right now, all of them would essentially basically tell me the same thing that you just told me. That's at the point that reality hits them in the face. And they go, hmm. And they realize that their passion, their blood, sweat, and their tears, their love of their thing, their drive, their values, their, their conviction, all that. That does not matter if they're using the language of the old, meaning everything that we've all heard a thousand times before, to introduce the new. We're all in the business of helping customers, prospects, come to new conclusions. Well, they're not going to come to new conclusions with old information. So regurgitating this old information that's being been said thousands of times before isn't going to move the dial. So I help frame it so it's properly framed. If that means creating a new category, it's creating a new category. If that's disrupting the industry, it's disrupting the industry. If it's being the anti whatever the, the current incumbent's problem is, it's being that. And so all of that is framed and then making sure you've got the language to support it. You've got the culture to support it. You've got the look and the feel to support it. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, people know. That's, you know, if you do all those things, people will not have, customers will not have buyer's remorse. Customers will not be going, hmm, did I make the right decision? 
You know, people would people say, well, you know, I, I, I've changed my mind. I brought it. I brought it to our company and, and you don't get all that kind of stuff because you're hitting it on all the fronts that you need to hit it on to a high standard. And again, with all the three phases that I discussed earlier, but that's just an example of context wise. You've got to look at it straight and you got to go, you know what? We're just adding to the noise, but guys, we're just we're saying the same crap as everybody else. Good. By facing that, we can address the problem. By denying that and go, no, 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 our stuff is different. No, no, marketing, <laughs> I'll tell clients all the time, marketing isn't telepathy. You know, it's like, they're not gonna psychically go, wow, I feel their vibe, man. They're like, they're, I feel their aura. At, <laughs> it's, they're really good people. I, I know we're gonna work with them because of that. No, we have to give everyone a compelling reason. And we do that through, language we do it through how we are how we behave people are going to see what we do more than anything else you know and how we do it do we cut corners do we not cut corners do we give them something so remarkable they're like wow you know so it's that those, those are a few a few things that i look at that's awesome man well we're up on time unfortunately but i would love for you to share where can people find you where can they get the book uh how can they contact you if they want to take their business to the next level through branding absolutely well they definitely definitely can go to rising above the noise.com r-i-s-i-n-g rising above the noise.com that's my site you can download a free ebook the the lucky brand um which ink you know ink magazine just absolutely loved love that and so that that's one place they can go. They can totally go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Books a Million. They can grab, you know, brand intervention. Um, it was an international bestseller. It was number one bestseller at, at just two days after it actually came out. Um, and so that certain you can certainly reach me on LinkedIn and any other any other social platforms, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. But risingabovethenoise.com is absolutely the place to jump to and who knows if if they're really cool they may even get i, I actually made this this is this is actually this is actually a coin that i made when I, for my first speaking gig after covid i decided how am i going to make this an amazing experience for these guys so I, it was a it was a very intimate like group of 35 entrepreneurs so i actually designed and i designed and created this this is the this is the actual uh the actual coin and this sucker has heft this has this has some weight to it. There you go. You heard, you heard it. And there it is. I probably broke the floor. <laughs> Excellent, David. I love that. And for the, the coin's pretty sweet looking for the, for those of you listening. So um, it was awesome having you on this show, and uh, really appreciate your insights, some really unique perspectives, and just how to look at things differently. So thanks for being on, man. One hundred percent, man. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. All right, we'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.